can show you the world shining shimmering splendid tell me princess now when did you last let your heart decide welcome to game cola podcast number eight starring paul franzen Michael Gray, Nathaniel Hoover, Elizabeth Medina Gray, aka Lizzo, and Zach Rich. This podcast has four segments. The first segment, we discuss various topics in gaming news. The second segment, we discuss speedrunning. The third segment, we discuss the second case in Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney for the DS. And in the fourth case, or in the fourth segment, we discuss what games are coming out next month, and what games we are playing right now. So that's in the podcast tonight. I hope you enjoy it, and take it away, Jasmine. Welcome to another Game Cola podcast. This is episode 8. We're going to go with 8. My name is Zach Rich. I'm Nathaniel Hoover. I'm Paul Franzen. And I am Michael Gray. And that's all you're going to hear tonight because our good buddy Colin Greenhawk could not join us tonight. Neither could Michael Rich Ray. Lizzo might make a special guest appearance later. All right, Michael, oh. do you have a, uh, a starting topic for us? Okay, well, how about our first topic? Uh, it was April 22nd this month, which means happy birthday, Game Cola. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Isn't there supposed to be, like, a best of Game Cola issue? From yeah. The oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, we, we, we stopped doing those because nobody yeah. was reading them. It was too much work. I'm lazy. It's rerunning the same articles. Yeah, <laughs> But it actually had less readers than our normal issues, so it really just it wasn't worth the minimal effort it took. I suppose you could always use the top articles link at the top of each page to uh, recreate the experience. We could. Um, slight problem is that it hasn't been updated in a few months because we're waiting on uh, Kevin's new additions to the site that he's working on. Happy so birthday, birthday Game Cola. Cola. Yeah, happy birthday, Game Cola. Yay. Uh, yes, we need, we need to sing happy birthday to it. Let's sing the Game Cola. This is a warning to all listeners. The Game Cola podcasters cannot sing. So if you don't want your ears to start bleeding, please cover them now. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. I don't know how to play this. Happy birthday. That was even worse than I thought it would be. Uh, next topic. Ooh, can couples share a gaming system? Yes. Until the breakup. Lizzo and I actually share an Xbox 360. We split the cost of it and everything. 
and we also share an account on the Xbox 360, so we can share achievement points. My God! So when you break up, who keeps the Xbox and who keeps oh, the account? We're, we're never, we're never breaking up. Yeah, never. that's cute. So when you break up, who keeps the Xbox? Oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna get it. And since okay. she's not in the room right now, she can't argue. So. Well, I was so. just, just wondering because uh, I, I heard rumor that somebody on the Game Cola staff was a. Uh, playing a Flash game for like five hours, and then his girlfriend beat his top score on her first try? Oh, that's so not true. Not five hours. It's more like seven. Sharing consoles works really well, I think. Okay. I, yeah. I mean, I guess the only problem is when we both want to play a game on that system, but that doesn't happen very often, because we have a lot of video game systems here, so if someone wants to play Xbox, someone else can just play PlayStation if they really, really need to play a video game right now. Too bad Ridgeway's not here. I could have bothered him about that. With funny yeah. references to Vanjie's column. He has to play her pink DS. Ha ha ha. Let's all laugh. Ha ha ha. Next topic. Video game sales are down from last year. Oh boy. Well, duh. Is that a have surprise? Like well, no. Because think sure. about what we had last year. We had... Grand Theft Auto 4 just come out. We had Smash Bros. Brawl just come out. What's come out this month? That's really important. Well, also, everybody had jobs this time last year, and now that's nobody kind of does. Important. I think but, that's probably a bigger factor than the, than the fact that there hasn't been a single game that came out so far this year at all. But still, even if you don't have a job and you're, you're getting unemployment or you're sponging off your savings or your parents or whatever it is, I, I find that if you're a big enough fan of something, you're going to find the money somewhere to pay for it. I mean, granted, casual game sales, you know, things that aren't the, the astounding breakthroughs, the big things like Grand Theft Auto 4, um, you know, maybe they aren't going to be sold as or, or bought as much, but I feel like there should still be, you know, some sort of baseline. What are the numbers like? Because off the top of my head, I don't know what the difference is. I don't have the article anymore. Oh, thinking about casual games, I have a topic that we'll come to after we're done with this one, so keep going. Oh, that's basically well, I, it. I would, I would think right now, I think a lot of people are probably buying used games more and maybe uh, using online trading sites hmm. or borrowing from the library or renting from Blockbuster and stuff like that. I bet people are doing that a lot more than actually buying new games right now. That seems reasonable. That's mm -hmm. true. I mean, I know Ever I actually since... haven't bought a new game since, like, last year. I don't think. I've been using a, a website called Guzex.com to do a lot of trading recently. I believe I've only bought one game so far this year, though I have bought a few point cards. What game for, was it? Uh, I believe it was Star Ocean 4, actually. We were talking about casual games earlier, and uh, I don't think, I'm hoping you will all say no to this, but you guys aren't World of Warcraft players, right? No, <laughs> I am not. I okay. just started playing yesterday. Ah! You've got to be kidding me. For the first time, I created a character yesterday and started playing the uh, free 10-day trial. I was actually playing with uh, Captain Eric earlier today. He Research purposes only, right, Paul? Game care, what? Cole, people, be glad this is, will be the last transmission you're going to hear from Paul Franson because this is the last time you're going to hear from him for about three months. Because, um, are you aware that they have added Peggle to the World of Warcraft? <laughs> <laughs> yes. You can now play Peggle within World of Warcraft. And it will actually count as um, something that will win you gold or something that will settle disputes during the game. So basically, the addiction is spreading. I feel bad. 
I kind of like Paul, and now he's never going to be around anymore. So, when Paul's not working at the site anymore, who's going to take his place as that dirt cheap? Bloody free-for-all. Let's back up for a second here. Paul, you have a list of people that oh, are I was going to say, I, I have a, a succession list. A succession for list. For when I die. So, so, where do we fit on that list? I, oh, don't ask those questions. Yeah. <laughs> We're near the bottom. No, no, no. No, no, no. no. Where do we fit no, on this no. list? I, I don't have the list handy, so I don't really want to go into it. Hold on. Let's have those Kevin, Kevin's number one. Yay. Yes. <laughs> you see that? Keep that a secret, Paul, because as soon as you let anybody know who's next in line, you're you're gone. It's just your toast. I'm sorry. And they're gone too. <laughs> yeah. Kevin doesn't even write anything. I'm afraid the dear reader is going to consist of hi, enjoy the site, love Kevin Lee <laughs> I actually almost wrote that one time because I couldn't think of anything else to write. And then I just put a little flash animation of penguins and deer readers and said that was my article. I was having bad writer's block that month. Uh, any other topics? Let me see. Oh, yeah. Props to uh, Christian Porter for his comments on uh, Versus Mode about 2D gaming and 3D gaming. Yay. we got to actually bring up that comment just uh, yeah. if we care to discuss it at all. If we're just giving props, yeah, that's cool. I totally agree. What did he say about it? I'm bringing that up right now, so uh, maybe we'll, we'll see. Or maybe we won't see. Do, 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 Quick, do. Michael Gray, say something witty. Fill a space. So, how does a farmer keep track of his cattle? You're killing me here. On a calculator! <laughs> that was awesome. It's too long to read here, so we just waste more well, time. But... Uh, <laughs> The versus mode of last month, Christian brought up a great point about uh, what happened between 2D and 3D video gaming, and so we all approve. Hooray. Okay, that's awesome. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, Christian. The Game Cola Podcast is brought to you by unicorns. Pink, fluffy unicorns. Unicorns are nice. Unicorns don't play or hate. And unicorns dance at the discotheque every night. Unicorns. It's easy at the Disco Tech. Yeah, unicorns gon' play hate. Oh, sucker MCs gon' hesitate. Gonna bust a move with the unicorn. Gonna get on up with the one big horn. Unicorns get busy on the floor. Gonna work it all night and work it some more. Unicorns get busy on the floor. Gonna work it all night and work it some more. Proper. And now, back to the podcast. Speedrunning. Speedrunning, okay. Alright, speedrunning it is. Didn't Metroid basically invent the speedrunning genre? I mean, if you can call it a genre, because I don't ever remember hearing or even thinking about sipping through games like that until uh, Metroid came along. I believe it was both Metroid and I think Contra had something to do with it, too. Hmm. See, I would have thought Sonic, you know, he actually does the well, speedrunning in the game. I, I guess Sonic is, is just sort of, it's fast by nature, but if you're actually mm -hmm. going to beat the game properly, get all the Chaos Emeralds and everything like that, you do need to slow down a little bit and just not mm -hmm. zip through the entire level and miss mm -hmm. everything. Hey guys, Sonic 3 or Super Mario World? Super Mario World. Come on. Good man. Super Mario World. There is good no man. question. Good people. I'm surrounded by good people. <laughs> I just wanted to get that out there. Okay. So have any of you guys done speedrunning? Like, not necessarily recorded or anything, but aside from the games like Metroid that 
give you bonuses for running through the game quickly? Like, have you ever just challenged yourself, I'm going to see how quickly I can go through this game? Not especially. In a racing game, but that's a given. But I've never really... I've never really challenged myself to beat a game as fast as I could. I've challenged myself to complete a game with everything I could possibly find, but I've never... Because there's so many things that distract you from just sitting down and blazing through a game as fast as you can. Mm-hmm. That and I just don't have the patience to play a game really fast. My friends and I have done a, a couple of good speed runs. My one friend is really into it, and um, so I've done um, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, which I'm I'm not wonderful at Zelda games. I haven't played them many times, but you know, I, I definitely came in last place, but that was okay. The one where I really had a chance to shine, no surprise, um, was a Mega Man X speedrun I did, which I am proud to report that my final time was exactly one hour, which just blew me away. I know it's not the best time out there, but the fact that it was exactly one hour, I'm like, whoa! So, it's it's great if you can make it a competition against friends, um, but if you're just doing it on your own, I don't think it has as big of an appeal. Unless you're, like, you know, putting it on the internet to show people. Mm-hmm. I do think watching the speedrun is pretty cool, because the amount of hand-eye coordination... I watched a speedrun of Mega Man 9's Gen- Gemini Man stage, and he did it in about half a minute, which I thought was incredible, considering the fact that I can't beat the, game, the stage in, like, an hour. So, you think you're good at a video game, just watch somebody try doing a speedrun through it. Yeah, it's interesting stuff. I've never tried to do a speedrun myself. I'm not really good enough at any video game to do it. About video games, I don't actually play them that much, I guess. What? You don't play video games, Paul? I don't play them. I'm not really a gamer, I just, you know. Uh Okay, maybe I didn't phrase that correctly. (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) Okay, well, back to speedrunning, though. Um, I've just done speedrunning on the Nancy Drew games. How do you speed run on a point-and-click adventure game? You basically just have to sit there with, like, yeah. all the steps up in front of you, and then you have to move your mouse really fast. Congratulations. Well, what you do to speed run is you get things out of order. Uh, and I turn off the sound. You turn off the sound? Yeah. If you turn off the uh, the sound, or the character voices, right? The phone conversation that takes like 10 minutes takes no time at all. Because it just skips the entire conversation because it's not allowed to play uh, character speech. Well, I mean, that's that's one of the interesting, about, the interesting things about speedrunning is you do things with the game that... Well, maybe the, the turning off the sound isn't a good example, but you do things with the game that I don't know that the designers necessarily ever intended you to be able to do, or finding totally worthless moves and special um, passages and stuff that you can somehow exploit. It's crazy that you you get a totally new spin on the game, look at things completely differently. I mean, you know, I, I look at um at Super Metroid, which was the first speed run that I ever watched, and it was amazing. The I think the fastest one I saw was 30-something minutes through the entire game. Um, and just all of the bomb jumping everywhere, getting items that you have no right to get, um, and using the, the wall kick um, in, in ways that just seem absurd. But it's really cool that you start to think about the game totally differently and uh, plot out your way to, to get through it better. I don't know. I, I think it's neat. Mm-hmm. Actually, I, I, have a, I have a question for you guys about that. When you're preparing to do a speedrun, do you look at how other people did speedruns of that game, or do you try to figure it out all by yourself? You look at other speedruns people have done. I know because the speed demos archive 
I've been following the uh, Super Mario runs, and in the uh, comments, people mention I took this trick from somebody else's run. Well, sometimes you can't help it. I mean, if you watch anyone's speed runs, or even if you watch other people play video games, I mean, even watching Michael Gray's uh, Mega Man videos on YouTube, I saw him do one or two things that, you know, I've been playing the games for years, and I'm like, I never thought of doing that. You know, it's not necessarily better or worse. It was just a different way of approaching things. And so I think if you watch anybody play any other video game, you're bound to pick up something. Um, so I guess if you're really trying to beat the fastest time, you go for the, the one that seems quickest, most efficient, and then take that and do better with it. So I guess you have to if you're really going for the record. But I don't know. I, I sort of like the, the thrill of figuring it out for yourself. Sort of like not using an FAQ when going through a game. There's just something about the challenge of it, doing it for yourself. Should we pass the boundary into segment three yet? Have we started segment two yet? <laughs> about speedrunning. Let's do it Metroid style and do it totally out of order. Let's go to segment four and get like halfway through one of our discussions, jump back to segment three and then finish off four and then totally bypass segment two. Hey everyone, Michael here in the editing room. We actually took Nathaniel's uh, suggestion and recorded this whole podcast out of order. So to give you a taste of that, I'm going to uh, do a little bit of segment four now, and then we're going to jump back to segment three. I'm playing Mario and Luigi Partners in Time. I played through that, and I got bored very quickly with it. Yeah, it I'm... was very competitive. Kind of bored, too. <laughs> it was kind of the same thing. Except yeah, less funny. Just... And more complicated uh, attack system. I actually thought... I actually thought Partners in Time was a bit funnier than, uh... Superstar Saga was. Really? Huh. There, was a lot of fu- there was a lot of funny bits in both of them, but I found myself laughing harder during Partners in Time. All the jokes are exactly the same in Partners of Time, I've noticed. It's Luigi gets hit on the head. And then starts crying. Yeah. Which is really funny. I mean, it's like, come on, I've seen through the uh, 12 variations of that joke. Welcome to Ace Attorney Files, which is the part of the Game Cola podcast where we talk about Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney. This time we're going to talk about case number two. to say first, though, that uh, all Game Cola listeners, if you go to our YouTube page, you can uh, watch Michael Gray's video walkthrough of uh, the second case of Phoenix Wright, and you can watch that and get completely up to date with what we're talking about, and it's a great video, too. Let me summarize it. Describe the case in four sentences. Phoenix's boss gets killed, and her sister is framed for the murder. Phoenix decides to uh, defend her. He finds out the real culprit... Uh, the real culprit then accuses Phoenix of being the murderer. But then, in court, Phoenix proves who the real murderer is, and then he and Maya become partners. In time. Maybe. Well, doesn't Mia get hit in the head and then cry? That's like partners in time. No, she gets hit in the head and... Not cry, die, sorry. She dies, yeah. (laughs) Gets hit on the head and die. Yes. With, I believe, the uh, the murder weapon from the first case also. Mm Mm-hmm. How do you guys feel about that? Do you think that was cool or lame that they used that? And then also in the case, the, uh, what you had to discover about the item was that there was no way anyone could know it was a clock, and that was exactly what you had to do in the first case, too. 
I thought that was kind of weird. I thought I did, I thought it was cool that they like they had the link between the two cases like that, but it was kind of strange that the puzzle was exactly the same. Well, I mean that's that's not the first time games have done that. I mean, just talking about Sam and Max uh, for a moment, where mm -hmm. uh, Sam and Max Season 1, there's like two or three different puzzles over the course of the couple of episodes where you need to put ketchup on something to make it red or look like blood. I'm like, there are only so many uses that ketchup has, you guys, and you've exhausted all of them. So I guess it's not totally uncommon to basically reuse a puzzle, even if it's only slightly different. Yeah, that happens a lot in games. It doesn't necessarily mean it's okay to keep doing it, though. In adventure well, this games, is just yeah. that there's precedent. But really, would it make sense in, you know, if this were the real world, would it make sense that you would need to prove that this was a clock again? Was there any way to know that it was the same? Yeah, it was a slightly option? different way you had to prove it. So I think it, it worked because you knew what you had to prove, but you have to prove it differently. So what I, what I liked about this case, uh, compared to the first one in this game, um, I liked that it I mean, the first case was just a basic, like, a real, real basic tutorial level about this is how you play the game. And this one was, you know, like an actual case. And it had, it, in, it introduced the investigation segment of the game. Uh, it introduced, like, all of, mo a lot of the major characters, like uh, yeah. Maya and Edgeworth and Gumshoe. And I, I just, in comparison to the first case, it was, uh, it was a lot better for me. Especially in a, se a second playthrough. Where's Lizzo? I thought she was supposed to be talking, but she's not. She's right here. I don't have anything to add. I agree with what Paul said. Now, so what did you think about the first introduction of the characters? Well, here's a question. Was it okay to kill off someone who theoretically looks to be a very important character <laughs> so early in the game? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I understand that there's more to it than that, but uh, yeah. you know, I, I would have thought, I would have expected that Mia would have hung on for at least one or two more cases that before they the... do something big like that. It oh. just it felt like a sort of a, a big gutsy move. I'm accustomed to seeing games where they start out, and, and maybe this is that they're trying to break away from the formula, but where they start out with something very simple, something very comfortable, not very complex. It's like, you know, they have the tutorial level, now let's step out and do a real normal case and then start switching it up with crazy plot twists and turns. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you've got the chief dying, you've got, you know, Phoenix in prison, you've got, you know, other corporations taking, uh, yeah. to take into account. There's like all of these twists and turns that are coming out of, well, maybe not coming out of nowhere, but it seems like a lot for the first real case. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Maybe this would have worked better as, a, as like a third or fourth case in the game, or maybe like a, as like the last case. Where you kill the uh, the main character like that? That's a, that's a very good point. Mm -hmm. I think also that uh, players didn't really have enough time to really get attached to Mia, so her death was, didn't really mean a whole lot to them. Yeah, and, you know that might have been okay too, because then people really get angry where you fall in love with this character and you say this is yeah, great, yeah, and then yeah. all of a sudden, mm -hmm. so you know, bump them off before you have a chance to get attached. Yeah, I see that. I have mm -hmm. the uh, official explanation of why they did that. It's basically. Um, um, why they did that is basically in the game in development, they wanted the two characters, Mia and Maya, and they decided, well, that's too many people in the game. They decided to knock off one of them and morph them together by having Mia be able to channel Maya. That was their excuse because you mean they. Maya being able to channel Mia? I said Maya being able to channel Mia, didn't I? Well, I thought you had her first. Never mind, not important. In any case, they developed that case later on, after they already had other cases where Maya did stuff and Mia did stuff, and the developer said, we've got too many people working at Phoenix's law office. So they just killed off one of them. Three was too many? Yeah, three was too many. <laughs> what happened? I think most law firms have more than three employees, actually. 
But, but this game is set in the future, so maybe in the in the future. Maya was just supposed to be somebody else studying to be a lawyer, and Mia was the chief. I'm back, by the way. Hey, Zach. Hi, Hi guys. Do our podcast listeners know that he left? Didn't that happen in the future? In the future. <laughs> back to Phoenix Wright, yeah. So how about the uh, the Phoenix, Mia, Maya love triangle that seems to be happening? How come every time we talk about Phoenix Wright, you guys have to talk about a love triangle? Because it's very interesting. I don't think there is a love triangle. I think Paul's making stuff up. No, it is... You know what? In the first case, at the end of the first case, Mia asks Phoenix out on a date, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so she's hot for Phoenix. That's it. No triangle. I've finished my theory here. At At the beginning of the second case, we never hear anything about how this date went. The next thing we hear is Mia inviting Maya and Phoenix to go out together for burgers. And what I think happened was the first date went horribly, horribly wrong, and Mia is now trying to set Phoenix up with her little sister. Nonsense. Nonsense. And like I said, like I said, if the first date went horribly wrong, why would Mia set Phoenix up with her sister? Because Mia likes Phoenix, but she doesn't like him. He's a good person, but she's not. he's not for her. I like him, but I don't like him like him. Yeah, exactly. That's nonsense. That kind of situation. That's nonsense. And, and Clearly, you know, it's it's she, not she that... Feels, she feels guilty that, that she's turning Phoenix down, and she she thinks he's a really nice guy, but this she's, is, this uh, is she's trying to help him out and uh, set him up with her little sister. Clearly what's happening, especially when you consider the end of the second case. Okay, that's... That, that, no, 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 no. Hold it! Hold it! Objection! That's something else entirely. I'm going to have to defend so explicit. Mia from these slanderous accusations. She did not tell Maya anything about Phoenix being there to uh, go for the date for burgers. Are we sure about that? Yeah, we had the phone conversation. No, At the end no, of the game, though. No, but I'm saying, I'm saying that Mia was inviting Phoenix to meet her family. Yeah, and then they... He's going closer into the fold of being her boyfriend, not switching to her sister. I would like to say, from an older sister's point of view, I would never, ever, ever set anyone up with my younger sister, ever. So I don't think that I believe this uh, theory. Yeah, and especially not one of your ex-boyfriends, right? Exactly. Especially, see? Well, they only went on the one date, though. Is Are they really like an ex-couple? Do we know that it was only the one date? We could check the dates in between the uh, two games and figure it out if we're that nerdy. Hey everyone, this is Michael from the editing room again. I uh, checked the game, and apparently there is a month in between Phoenix and Mia's date and the alleged date between Phoenix and Maya. So, take that, Paul! I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I, I mean... Like, there was two months in between the first game and the second game. Then I'd say they probably went out a couple of more times. Reasonable assumption. Not if the first date was really that bad. What makes you think the date was that bad? Do you think Phoenix would be a horrible boyfriend? They never brought it up again, ever, in the entire game. There was nothing Maybe romantic. they were trying to keep it a secret, and then Maya found out. And she's like, oh, I, I don't want this to be going on, or oh, I want, you know, to, to be around Phoenix, so take me along to Burgers. And she could spin it any way she wanted to. Yeah. To go along. Mia died too early to talk about any date with Phoenix in this case. Okay, well, 
let's let's suppose for a moment oh, that, uh, that Phoenix and Mia were were going you know pretty well together. Yeah. What does that say about any potential relationship between Phoenix and Maya? Because they seem to hit it off pretty well, especially towards in the later games. Spoiler alert. I think he cares very deeply for Maya in the later games. Two years after Mia's dead, I I understand him getting over her and liking Maya. And then dating her little sister. Lizzo, how do you feel about that? It happened in Harry Potter. What if what if Paul started dating Lizzo's younger sister? That would be horrible. Lizzo, we now have a third pronunciation in here. <laughs> yeah. It's Lizzo. Well, 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 would it be would it make a difference if Lizzo was dead when Paul started dating her sister? <laughs> yes, it would. If it was two months, um, I mean, two years after Lizzo died, that would be sort of a different situation. Um, I mean, there's also I keep coming back to the thing that Maya, even at the end of the game, she's still really young. She's too young to be dating Phoenix anyway. She's seventeen. Also yeah, seventeen. That's too young. Seventeen's too young to be dating. Well, to be dating Phoenix, he's like 20-something. 24, yeah, he's seven years older than her. Yeah, if she if she were like early 20s, maybe. So that's why it makes more sense for Phoenix to go out with Mia, because she's only three years older than him. And that's why it's disgusting that Mia was trying to set Phoenix up with Maya. She wasn't. She was. She just wanted Phoenix close by to Maya because Maya would channel her and so she could be close wait, by wait, to wait, her wait. sweetheart. So, so she was trying to set Phoenix up with Maya so that she could take over Maya's body and then do stuff with Phoenix. Because that's yes. really disgusting, Michael Gray. No, 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 no. She didn't want to set them up romantically. She just wanted to make sure that they were always going to be somewhat in the same vicinity. That so she's trying to control Phoenix's love life from beyond the grave. Well, wouldn't you be concerned about Lizzo's love life if you died a tragic death? Well, I would not expect her to continue to be with me after my death. I think that's kind of a reasonable assumption. Even if you could come back to life for periods of time? I have no comment on this. Yeah, okay, well, anyway, in the first game, I guess that's not really a realistic assumption because Maya's powers aren't so good. Right. But in the second and third one, it's like, bam, whenever she wants, Mia's summoned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but in the first game, her powers are weak. Yeah, oh. she's still in training at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and another yeah. comment I have to say, Paul, is what, you say Phoenix isn't Mia's type. Who is Mia's type? Mia's type. Hmm. Edgeworth. Edgeworth? Edgeworth is Mia's type? You've got to be kidding. I totally see them together. No way! Maybe her and Gumshoe. <laughs> Gumshoe? <laughs> no way! But, but... Case four of game number three, Gumshoe sees me and he's like, wow, you're totally gorgeous. Well, was she wearing, like, Pearl's body at that time because... No, 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 it was one of the flashback cases. Oh, oh, When oh, she was a lawyer, he saw her for the first time. That was his first comment upon seeing her. Yeah, well, sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, I need to make an interruption here. I have an apology to make to Zach Rich because either, depending on how this podcast gets edited, either I have said or will say that this is a podcast talking about video games, not girls. I, I've been mistaken, so I'm sorry, Zach. It's a podcast about girls. Okay, so you're saying Edgeworth and Mia, seriously? I, I think I could see that, sure. What do you think, Lizzo? Bleh. Yeah. The interaction we see between them in the flashback case is not very good. He's kind of a real jerk. But he gets better by the end of the, by the, end of the series, though. Maybe, yeah, maybe. he gets better after she dies. Way after she dies is when he gets better. Okay, okay. 
That's what I'm saying. Fine. Fine. But her and Godot, though, is... She wouldn't want to go out with Stalker Zombie. Phoenix is a much better boyfriend. Not for my, Mia, no. What do you mean, not for Mia? You think Mia would choose Godot over Phoenix? You've got to be Didn't kidding me. Did you decide that, that uh, Mia and Phoenix had a horrible, horrible breakup? Since when do they have a horrible, horrible breakup? That's she says thing. nice things to Maya about Phoenix. Wait, no, no. No, she doesn't. She says that Phoenix is a horrible lawyer, and that's why Maya doesn't want Phoenix representing her. Yeah, well, yeah. we'll have to watch the video because she starts off saying he's a genius. Yeah, but then she says that he's horrible. He doesn't know anything. So. No, he says she says he's a genius. The only thing he's lacking is experience. I believe what she said was, it don't have Phoenix be your lawyer unless you want to get a guilty verdict. Yeah. She said, give him a few more years, and that's what she said. All he's lacking is experience. Give him a few more years. Phoenix is lacking experience, and that makes me think, if we're going to apply that to her date with Phoenix, he just needs so more saying, time. So like, Their relationship needs more time to ferment and grow. No, I think what you're saying is that she good. is setting Phoenix up with Maya so that she, Phoenix can get experience and then date Mia later. And that's really disgusting, Michael Gray. <laughs> My God. <laughs> okay, fine. Hey, Game Cola listeners. Have you ever been forced to make transition segments for a podcast? Except you really can't talk because you blew out your vocal cords singing a falsetto version of A Whole New World? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of tough when that happens. Yeah. Okay, so on to the podcast. Let's talk about what's coming out this week. This week, there are two very awesome games coming out for the Xbox Live Arcade. Uh-huh. The first one uh, is a game that I spent many, many hours playing in the arcades as a youth. Uh, do you guys know the arcade game Virtual On? No. Yeah. Well, I've heard of it. Pretty much it was like a giant mech game. But it was interesting because it was a sit-down game, and there were, like, a lot of levers and buttons for the controllers. So it was it was very interesting to play because it was basically a giant joystick and a few buttons on the side, and you maneuvered the joystick to steer your robot around, and tilting it very fast would make it run, and screwing around with it would make it jump, and it was very interesting. And Sega is going ahead and porting that to the Xbox Live Arcade this week. So that's going to be something nice to catch up on. Then the other one is a game that I hold very near and dear to my heart. It is one of my favorite games of all time, and it's being re-released after nine years of spending its life on the Nintendo 64. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Donkey Kong 64. 64. Well, it's it's not Donkey Kong, but it is a rare game. Quest 64. Was Quest 64 a good game? No! Was it? <laughs> but the game no. I'm talking about is, of course... Banjo-Tooie. Damn it. Yes, it's Banjo-Tooie. Banjo-Tooie is coming out this week on the Xbox Live Arcade for 1,200 Microsoft points. That's 15 bucks, and I suggest that everybody buy it. Yay! N64 game. No, not really. Well, because it adds a lot of new features to it. Oh, does it add stop and swap, doesn't it? It adds stop and swap functionality. It adds achievements. There's a graphical upgrade, uh, connectivity to nuts and bolts in the first Banjo-Kazooie that was released. And uh, it's it's hmm. pretty worthwhile because you look at some of the stuff that's been being released on the arcade lately, and 
I can safely tell you that your money will be well spent on Banjo-Kazooie, or Tooie, than on, say, Family Game Night. <laughs> yeah, okay, that actually sounds like a good value, then. Hmm. I wonder how Stop and Swap works on that one. Um, what is Stop and Swap? Okay, yeah. Stop and Swap. Yeah. <laughs> oh my, I'm gonna sound like a nerd. But, um, Stop and Swap was an idea that Rare had placed in for the original Banjo-Kazooie games of the Nintendo 64. One of the features of the original Nintendo 64's, the first-run consoles, was that the console can retain the memory of any cartridge for 10 seconds after the game was turned off. So what Rare had planned was for Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie to be connected by getting to a point in Banjo-Kazooie, taking the cartridge out, putting Tooie in there, and then unlocking content between the two games. What happened, though, was that Nintendo changed the console so that it took out the 10-second memory feature, and it essentially got rid of everything that Rare was planning during the time, which is why the hidden Easter eggs that are found all throughout both games are absolutely useless, and were locked away unless you put in special codes in Sandcastle and Treasure Trove Cove. I thought it wasn't included just because Rare was lazy. That's very no. interesting. Nope. Nintendo uh, screwed Rare over. Is basically wow. what happened. Hmm. What happened instead, and um, Rare's been making fun of this ever since uh, Stop and Swap became public. What happened in Banjo Tooie was that um, throughout a few places in the games, there were literal uh, Banjo Kazooie game packs inside of Banjo Tooie. So Banjo Kazooie would come across one of them, they'd break them open, and they'd find some of the eggs and the ice key from the first game and then that would unlock new features for them. And that was how Rare incorporated Stop and Swap the best that they could. And oh. it was basically a parody of itself. Oh, okay. So that's what I was wondering, because I knew about that. I was wondering how Stop and Swap, the improved version, is going to work for uh, the Xbox Live. Are they going to get rid of the Banjo-Kazooie cartridges in that game and actually put in the uh, Stop and Swap stuff they had planned? That I do not know. What I do know is that... um. Essentially, you're going to find the hidden eggs within Banjo-Kazooie, and then um, there's an area in Banjo-Tooie called Peggy's Egg Pen, which is in the tub world, the Isle of Hex. Yeah. And um, basically, you take the eggs over to Peggy, and she'll hatch them, and she'll unlock bonus content for you. I don't know if there are any eggs within Banjo-Tooie itself, or how it's going to play over to Nuts and Bolts as well, but... It'll work in some fantastic way, and I will be swooning my heart over it. So. Yay. Yes. Yeah, so good for Rare actually doing stuff for once. Yes, Rare... I mean, a lot of people talk about how Rare has fallen on hard times. I liked Nuts and Bolts. I liked it a lot. Viva Pinata wasn't a type of game for me, but if Rare were to come out with a new platformer in this day and age, a lot of people think the platformer genre is dead. I think somebody just needs to revitalize it. I mean, Galaxy showed us that. Mario Galaxy showed us that the platformer is still alive. Rare can go ahead and make something amazing again, if they just go back to doing platformer. Or even, like, a new Killer Instinct, which they've been teasing at constantly. I'm looking forward to in the next couple weeks. Um... The, the new Fallout DLC is finally coming out uh, in a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. This is the one yes, that raises... Well, that I, I don't the, care about the other stuff. I just care that it's finally raising the level cap from 20 to 30. Yeah. I've been looking forward to that a lot. I actually stopped playing the game after I hit 20. 
because I knew that they were going to do this, and I didn't want to bother playing it until that happened. And that was like months ago, and I've been really looking forward to starting. To yeah, play I remember hearing that the ending was atrocious, essentially. Yeah. And I want to rewrite the ending and add new stuff. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I've been playing. I decided to wait until around this time to start playing Fallout 3 again. Right now, I'm making my way through it. I think I'm level nine right now, but I'm enjoying it immensely. It's probably oh, it's one of the best I've played in a long time. I'm actually very upset that I didn't vote for it for Game of the Year in the uh, Year End Awards in 2008. I voted for Chrono Trigger instead, if I recall. A huge problem I have with our awards is how Chrono Trigger was a remake. It should not have been in the selection for Game of but, the Year. See, it, because was, it was still like one of the best games that came out that year, though. I really yeah, think there were way better games that came out last year than Chrono Trigger. Mm-hmm. Well, it was, it was my favorite game that I played that year. Yeah, but how many games played last year? Four or five. Okay. It was the best of those five games. Barbie's Horse Adventures 13, Barbie's Horse <laughs> Adventures 14. <laughs> that's that's Michael Ridgeway. Oh, yeah. My bad. He writes about it every month in Quantum Peak. Oh, all, all the readers should check that out. By the way, month. he's totally inaccurate about the Barbie Horse Riding Adventures. That's not how that game's set up. Unless he's playing like the PlayStation version instead of the PC version. That might be it. Uh, okay, that would explain it then, because it does, his descriptions of the game do not fit the actual game, as I recall it. Ouch, inaccuracies in Quantum Geek. <laughs> Whatever will we do? There's, uh, there's another game coming out next month. Uh, I think you guys probably heard about this. The new Mike Tyson's Punch-Out comes out next month. Yeah. Yeah, I heard about it. I'm looking it's forward to that. It's Mike Tyson anymore. It's just Punch-Out. Yeah. Who's no, Mike Tyson? I don't care. It's Mike Tyson's Punch Out. I don't really care what the actual name of the game is. It's Mike Tyson's Punch Out, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm hoping they don't uh, ruin it. I kind of feel like when companies remake or make new versions of games that haven't been around since NES or SNES eras, they tend to uh, not do a very good job of it. They try to add a lot of things to it that that the games don't need, and to really bring down the quality of the games. So I'm I have kind a of feeling they don't. I have do a that. feeling that's going to happen here. Um, I yeah. remember. I watched, um, I saw this on YouTube, I didn't bother staying up because Jimmy Fallon sucks, but, um, Morgan Webb from GeForce X Play was on Jimmy Fallon's late night show last week, and, uh, she brought Punch Out with her, and, uh, they were playing it, and basically, they got confused very quickly, and they didn't really know what they were doing, and it kind of made me sit there and laugh, because I remember that before the Wii came out, one of the big selling points for it was that it was supposed to make games easier <laughs> instead of harder. Yeah, I remember that. Boxing it, just on the Wii doesn't work very well. I'm talking about Wii know, boxing. I, I like boxing and Wii sports. I thought that was pretty fun. That was kind of fun. I actually enjoyed that. Those controls were horrible. No. They were worse than Jimmy well, Fallon. From what I understand, uh, Mike Tyson, the new Mike Tyson's Punch-Out on the Wii, um, it will have, it'll have two different control styles, one where you can play it like the old ones, and then one where it's more like Wii Boxing. So I'd be Good. curious to see if either of them work. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's a smart idea because not everybody yeah, enjoys the waggle. So I, I, it's a shame the Wii doesn't have downloadable demos on it like the other systems do because I think uh, the Wii would benefit from having something like that because uh, I guess personally then I'd be able to play the game to see if I actually want to buy it instead of taking a big risk on it. Because I, I know I don't really buy that many Xbox games unless I've been able to play a demo of it first. And know that it's going to be awesome. Or if it's really cheap, or if I can get it uh, for not very many points on Guzex.com. Or you can just emulate it. That's illegal, and Gamecola does not condone that. 
Yeah. It's been a long time since you started talking about women. Yeah, there's just no need to among this group here on the video game podcast, not a girl podcast. I was just saying that it's been a long time since I've really been paying, I mean, I've been paying attention That's to the new games that have been coming out, but had any interest in what's been coming out. Like, Lego Batman, uh, Lego Indiana Jones were interesting, but before that, the last one I remember actually looking forward to was like the orange box. I'm really well, not, not current. With, it's not that old, but I'm like, like really years. not as big into the modern games as I am with the retro games. And I've, I've got a huge backlog of older games to start with mm. before I can really consider anything but the really big, shiny, glowy, you most play this who kind of games that are coming hey, out now. Hey, you know what game you guys must play? Mm-hmm. Lego Rocket Band. Oh, God. What? Here's a yeah, Lego this, Rock this Band? This was just announced like a couple weeks ago, wasn't it? Yeah, no, last week. Last week. Yeah. 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 It, well, it's been rumored for a long time, but now it's official. There's going to be a rock band alliteration of the Lego series. Colin has a lot to answer for. No, no, he does Guitar Hero. He does Guitar Hero. That's different from Rock Band? It is. Yes. Well, they're different names. <laughs> watch completely different. As somebody who does not know anything about either of the series... Okay, so they're different. Okay. Yeah. Rock Band rocks and Guitar Hero sucks. Oh, okay. They're, the same thing. They're exactly the same. I want the no, Guitar no, Hero no, Sesame no. Street edition. Hmm. I, mean, I think, isn't Lego, uh, rock, Lego Rock Band is supposed to be for uh, a younger crowd, I believe. It'll have songs yeah, that it'll have, have songs songs in there. It'll have, yeah, but like, the only song, guys, the only song I can possibly think of that Lego Rock Band would have in them is She's a Brick House. And really, do we want our children singing that? No. Yes. Oh, what other games are coming out? Sims 3 is coming out. Bioshock 2. Yeah, that's oh. coming out too. That's, well, that's not coming out next month. That's coming out in a while still. So. Oh, right. Yeah, next but, month. Oh. Just, just to be clear to our readers, or listeners. The Munchables is coming out this month, guys. The Munchables. That sounds <laughs> delicious. Oh, man, I'm really falling behind on all your creepy terminology. <laughs> you play uh, as this uh, round, small round thing. And you run around Kirby. the screen and, and, and eat stuff. Kirby! And, the until blob. you get bigger and then can eat bigger stuff. That's the world of Kirby. Pretty much, it actually sounds like a, a big Katamari ripoff to me. I watched the uh, gameplay footage of it a couple days ago. It just looked like a really boring version of Katamari. Uh, the only other game I have on my list of games that are coming out was the Donkey Kong Jungle Beat for the Wii. I just wanted to complain that I don't think Donkey Kong games have been good since Donkey Kong 64. Actually, that is something, um, IGN just came out with a list of the top 10 most overrated video game characters. Number 10 was Donkey Kong, and I wanted to kill people. I might like, agree with that, actually, with that, uh, with IGN's assessment. It, it was the reader's assessment, though. It wasn't the reader's I assessment, then. I don't know, I, I've never really been big into the Donkey Kong. But, but, there hasn't been a Donkey Kong game for years. At, there has. Well, there well, have been Donkey have. Kong games, but I mean, well, there haven't been. You, you view as the, the core of like what a Donkey yeah. Kong game is, not something that happens to have Donkey Kong in the title. Well, not only that, but they're never that hyped. Like, when a Donkey hmm. Kong game comes out, some, most people don't hear about it. So how can something be overrated if you never hear about it? Yeah. Okay. Maybe maybe if that list came out like ten years ago, then I would have agreed with it more. All right, let me. There were some really dumb 
assessment. They had Altai Air from Assassin's Creed on there. They had Kratos from God of War on there. That was a dumb assessment. They had um, they had uh, Chris Redfield from Resident Evil 5, and they only complained because he wasn't Leon Kennedy. Uh, they had Master Chief on there, which I kind of agree with. Uh, they had Marcus Finks on there. They had Lara Croft on there. They had Sonic on there. Who was number one on the, the list? Yeah. This idea? It was Master Chief. It was Master Chief. Oh, he was number one. Huh. Yes. Well, I, I would definitely say that Halo should belong on a list of most overrated games. I don't know enough about Master Chief and how people feel about him to know if he's overrated himself, but... I disagree with that comment because the thing that I have to tell people sometimes is that games become mainstream usually because they're good. And mm. I believe... I, I, I was playing Halo last night with some friends, and honestly, if there's a party game, if I'm at a party with people, I'll either be playing Rock Band, Smash Bros. Brawl, Mario Kart, or Halo. That's what it comes down mm. to. Maybe. That's a good point. I just don't really like it, personally. You're not much of a first-person shooter person, are you? Uh, no, actually, I, I'm recently discovering I like more uh, story-based first-person shooters. Like Bioshock, I love. Uh, Fallout 3 kind of falls into that category. I really like that kind of stuff. But, Have you uh, played uh, Half-Life games? No, I haven't. I played a demo. You would love Half-Life. Half-Life 2, Episode 2, is one of those few games that have made me cry. Really? Oh, yes. Yeah, Half-Life 2 especially, and all the the episodes, um, have a lot of plot. Half-Life 1 sort of does. Mm -hmm. uh, Let's see, what games have made me cry? Half-Life 2, Episode 2 made me cry. Uh, Fire Emblem 7 made me cry. Final Fantasy 7? No. Final Fantasy 6. It's so horrible, I just cried for hours. Hey, Final Fantasy belongs on the uh, most overrated games of all time series list thing. Actually, there wasn't a single mention of a Legend of Zelda or Final Fantasy character on there. How is Cloud not on that list? Seriously. I believe Cloud should have been on that list, and I believe Link should have been on that list. Which Link? All of them. There are some Links I think definitely deserve to be on that list, but some of them are better than others. I think the only one that's ever given really... Any personality at all would be the Twilight Princess Link. Well, about the uh, Legend of Zelda cartoon, he definitely had a personality in that one. Excuse me, princess. Hey, Nathaniel, what are you playing now? Uh, I don't play video games. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. What? No, I mean, no. No, I'm uh, I'm currently trudging very slowly through Final Fantasy VIII. It's like once a week, maybe I'll play it and take a good couple hours to play it. And uh, I'm also playing through the very last episode of Sam and Max Season 1, Love, Adventure, yes. and Puzzle. And so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really trying to keep down the number of games that I'm playing at once because there was a time where I was playing, uh, like, Legacy of the Wizard and uh, one or two other games that were just not going anywhere because I didn't feel like playing any of them. So I had, like, three games on hold and only one that I was actually paying attention to. So I'm trying to keep the number very small when I'm playing currently. Are you oh, playing you Sam and Max games because you read my uh, reviews from a couple years ago? No, actually, I'm playing the Seven Max games because I uh, I played well. I played a couple of uh, different adventure games. Like I played through the whole Monkey Allen series, and I'm like, well, I want more. And then saw Seven Max hit the road, and I love that. And um, so I'm like, oh, more Seven Max, super cool. And so I uh, got that actually on CD. I didn't download it from uh, Game Tap. I think is where it was from. But yeah, I found you a have, nice uh, CD. You have fantastic taste in video games. <laughs> no, I'm really enjoying it. It's a lot of fun. Oh, they're they're great. I love them. 
Very funny. The, the second season's even better. Yeah, I'm waiting for that. Um, I don't know if they've released it on uh, CD yet because I'm I'm really sort of hesitant about um, paying and, and downloading stuff just because I like to have. I think I was talking about this on the last podcast I was part of. I like to have the hard copy games. Oh, hey, look, Lizzo's here. Yay! Hey. Lizzo, what games are you playing? Um, I don't play video games. Well, video games I are for boys. I don't. I'm not playing any right now. I'm kind of in the middle of. The second dot hack game, but I've had to put it on hold for a week or so. So, mm. but hopefully I'll be getting back to it soon. Why haven't you been playing it? Stupid! I don't have time. I hate. Stupid! Work. I don't have time. Zach, what games are you playing now? Did you did you already say? I don't remember. I'm playing. What am I playing? Uh. I actually uh. I've been playing a lot of WaveWare 64, uh, but mostly I've been playing a lot of Fallout 3. I've been playing, um, yeah, mostly Fallout 3. Oh, I uh, I bought a few Virtual Console titles. I've been playing a lot of Super Mario World and Super Metroid. Okay, oh. so I think that wraps up Segment 4, unless anybody else has anything else to add. Well, well nobody asked me what games I was playing. Yes, we did. <laughs> yeah, we did. Did you? When? You said Banjo Kazooie and <laughs> Diddy Con Racing and Jeff Force Gemini. I don't know. That, that's incorrect. You said Quest oh, 64. You, you said, yeah, I love Quest 64. No, that's absolutely not what I said. I mean, you playing the second dot hack game. Yeah, we heard that already, didn't Nobody we? Nobody already asked no, that. No, you didn't. <laughs> I haven't said that yet. Lizzo said it. She said on the last one that she was on that she was playing the first one. I didn't say I was playing it at all. Or maybe I did. Anyway, I, guess I beat it, and I'm on the second one now, and I played it for a few hours, and then I uh, was fighting a boss for like a half hour because he just kept healing himself over and over and over again, and it was very frustrating, and now I don't know yeah. if I'm going to go back to I hate when bosses heal themselves. That's it's awful. Yes. It's not a, not a fun challenge. It's just an obnoxious challenge. I don't understand. I really have to use the bathroom. Okay, goodbye, Zach. Goodbye to Zach, Thank and God. goodbye to all of you from the Game Cola Podcast. Don't you dare close your eyes. Hold your breath, it gets better. Cola Podcast is brought to you by GameCola.net and the GameCola Podcast crew. Once again, that's Michael Gray, Paul Franzen, Nathaniel Hoover, Zach Rich, and Elizabeth Medina Gray. Uh, the music you heard tonight was played by Michael Gray. The podcast was also edited by Michael Gray. And there is a brief snippet of the song Unicorns by Logan Whitehurst off his CD, The Very Tiny Songs.